All right, welcome back to the Prima.Law podcast. You're no-nonsense, usually no buzzword, no fluff podcast. And this is the latest episode in our series of building your law firm. We know there's a lot of attorneys building or rebuilding due to some unfortunate events during the pandemic with slowdowns in business and whatnot and a restructuring having become necessary. So uh, what we're talking about today, I regret to inform you, is innovation. And in this introduction, I'm not going to use that word again. Why? Because it's been overused. Anybody who it seems wants to be techie or cool or like hip and they want to be in the in crowd, they'll always tell people, oh yeah, we're an innovative law. Oh, I just used it. Sorry. We're a, we're that kind of law firm. We're that kind of business. We're, we're really disrupting the whole industry. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. That word has a very specific meaning. And what it means is doing more with less in a smarter way that saves you time and money. All right. And we're going to talk about that because it's important to do all those things as you're rebuilding your law firm or as you're building your law firm in the first instance. Now, let me tell you about our sponsor today. It's the same sponsor we've had since the beginning. It's Prima.Law. It is the reason that we do this podcast and share this wonderfully free information with you. Prima.Law is an online case management tool. It's cloud-based, right? You need to save notes. You need to assign tasks to your staff. You need to keep track of phone call logs. You need to uh, autofill forms if you're doing immigration, California, Michigan, New York, Florida, any of those other states uh, that we have form collections for. Um, it lets you autofill those forms and save time, ensure accuracy. But we also have the general case management form, uh, general case management features as well, such as trust accounting, billing, invoicing, payment plan creation. We know that that's been an especially timely feature since during the pandemic, all if not, uh, well, you can't have more than all your clients, but all your clients are asking for payment plans because they are getting fewer hours at work or there's been slowdowns or supply chain disruptions, whatnot. Uh, it affects everyone. So uh, being able to generate a promissory note and a contract for your services separately helps you maintain accountability with that um, and some of the tools to help monitor your cases. So all these wonderful things we've added, including a calendar, brand new client portal, which makes it very easy for you to communicate and uh, receive documents from your client, text messaging, all these great things are included as little as $10 a month. So head on over to prima.law to try it out for free. Uh, and you're going to find out it's uh, going to be a great addition to your practice. All right. We're done with that. I trust you're going to go do those things if you haven't already. Uh, now let's get to work talking about that one buzzword I mentioned earlier. Have a great day. In the early 1900s, uh, I forget which major oil company it was. I don't know if it was Rockefeller, Standard Oil, whatever it was. Um, they needed to make billions of barrels uh, because oil was booming. And the way to transport that oil was literally by the barrel at the time. Well, I want to say it was Rockefeller. It could have been someone else. Somebody can correct me or throw something in a comment or something about this. But uh, what happened is one of the owners went around to his businesses, uh, the various parts of his oil business, and was being just thinking critically about how to improve things, how to save money, how to make more money. And when he got to the barrel manufacturing area, he noticed that they needed, I don't know, let's say like 29 
soldering points or welding points for making for constructing the actual barrel. I don't remember the exact number. And he said, you know what? I'll bet we could do this with less welding points or weld points or solder points or something. Um, you know, just welding metal together, right? And uh, his engineers were like, well, you know, we've always built it uh, this way. It's very sturdy, it works well. He says, yeah, but I think we could do it with less. And because we're making so many barrels, uh, this could save us some money. So look into it. And sure enough, he had his engineers look into it and they were able to eliminate a number of the solder points without compromising the physical structure. Um, and by doing that, you know, just those small tiny piece, the welding spots uh, for welding the metal together, you know, that costs money. You know, you gotta have the supplies for welding and you gotta pay for the, the welding rods. And um, by saving those number of weld points on each barrel, the man ended up saving his company millions of dollars, even back then. And that's because they made so many of them, right? So this, this, this message today, this episode today is about efficiencies and innovation. Now, admittedly, this word innovation, it's a buzzword, right? There's no getting around it. Everyone wants to say, oh, I'm an innovative law firm. Oh, I'm an innovative company. Oh, we're innovative. We're disrupting the whole industry. Nonsense. Innovation means nothing more than finding a way to do something better and cheaper. And if not better, at least the same, but cheaper. Um, that's innovation. Essentially, you're doing more with less and therefore retaining money or making more money, right? You're coming up with efficiencies. So um, when you hear that word innovation, I just want you to translate it in your head to making do with less. Now, people are always going to have their opinions, their ideas, and their guidance. I'm giving you some of it here for free right now, but you may also feel free to ignore it if you find a quicker, cheaper, more efficient way to do it. Um, what we're going to talk about sort of is how the legal market is today. Um, that may change in a month or two or three or a year. So you always want to have that ability to be flexible as well. So just because you're doing something one way today doesn't mean you're stuck doing that for the rest of your career. Innovation or making do with less or finding efficiencies is something that should be a regular practice in your firm. You should be regularly asking yourself these questions. And if you say, you know what, we're doing things this way, it seems like there might be a couple extra steps. Is there any way we can simplify it? You maybe will find steps that are no longer necessary for some reason, um, and that's going to help you a lot. Uh, in the legal space, um, you know, the law firms that are able to grow and thrive while providing excellent customer service uh, and great results, of course, to their clients, those are the ones that are constantly doing this. I mean, if you uh, walk into an office and they're like, here, please fill out this form, and you're literally filling that paper form out by hand, I can guarantee you there's multiple steps that you could be saving with a little bit of technology or changing your policies or procedures. And the other thing you wanna think about while you're doing this, while you're innovating, is the client experience. Because you may have the most efficient and clean solution, but if your client's not happy with it, if, it, if their experience in the process is not fulfilling for some reason, uh, then you've got a big problem because you won't have customers. You may have the most efficient, 
you know, manufacturing line for, for processing casework, but you won't have enough customers then. So you gotta make sure to balance that and always keep what's the customer experiencing in mind. So if you're looking, um, if you're looking at your workload and you see that things are going well, but you want to further optimize with processes, technology, or other procedures, here are some ideas of some areas you can look at for innovating. First of all, staff. Salaries and staff will probably be your highest expense next to your own salary. Hopefully that's how it works out. If you can manage your staffing situation well, you can thrive. This doesn't mean that you necessarily limit the number of staff you have, although at an early stage in your firm, that's reasonable. Um, but you don't wanna focus all your time on paying your staff at the expense of paying yourself. You're gonna have to hustle. You're gonna have to, you may need to act like the receptionist for a few months until you find someone or find something that's gonna work. Um, so you can at least pay yourself in the meantime too. Uh, in this series, we sort of talk about what do we do with our student debt? Well, you gotta make sure that you'll be able to pay that off. And so in the meantime, maybe it's not the most ideal situation, but just think about Jimmy McGill. That was the name of uh, the character on Better Call Saul. Um, you know, he's answering his cell phone. Oh, law office of James McGill. How may I direct your He's faking it till he's making it, right? And you might just have to do that a little bit uh, until you get somebody to answer your phones for you. That is a huge advantage, by the way. Um, when I was at that phase, I would be answering the phones and the first thing people would ask is, oh, are you the attorney? And I don't want to lie to them. So I said, yes. And they say, oh, I have a question. I'd be like, and they just launch into their question and they screw me out of a consult and I get no consult fee and I get no, I get nothing. I don't even get them to come into my office and know or see me or whatever. So that can be challenging. And um, again, we talked about before establishing expectations with your client. It's hard to do when you're on the phone with them and they just have a quick question and don't value your time as much as they should. But you'll get through it, right? So hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, there are a number of options when it comes to staff, right? I recommend um, having at least one staff member that you can hire who can work as your receptionist or be physically there in your office space, especially when you're starting out. Um, that provides sort of a, a buffer between you and the client, which for some reasons you do want that, um, depending on your practice stuff. I know there's attorneys who are like, no, I don't want to hire anyone else. I want my clients to talk directly to me. Well, if you're like a regular small firm and you need uh, to establish yourself, you're going to need to follow some best practices and we can talk about that another time. Um, but let's talk about staffing. Um, first, I mean, if you've got friends or family who want to work for you, that's cool. Get them on payroll so that you don't damage the relationship. Um, I know a lot of attorneys out there who run the firm with their wife or husband, and that seems to work. Uh, typically, that's there's some efficiencies that can be gained that way, obviously. Um, if you have someone you can hire who's not a family member, that's good too. It's easier, I think, to hold them accountable uh, for doing good quality work. If you are working with family, you need to say, hey, look, we're gonna be working together. Here's how I work. Here's what the expectations are. 
if you're not meeting those expectations, I know you're my brother or sister, but I will have to let you go because this is the most important thing here. And then you just gotta have really high standards from the get-go. So staff uh, is obviously something. There are a number of answering services, you know, virtual reception services that will answer your incoming phone calls. So once you get to a point where you've got phone calls coming in, you can take a look at those. Now, without naming any names, if you calculate out how much time you're paying for them to answer your phones, you may find it's actually better to hire a high schooler or a college student or someone who's graduated high school to just sit and answer your phones for you. Um, it can be very expensive depending on the reception service you're using. So actually run the numbers. They may say, oh, you get, you know, but we're going to answer your phone calls for like, you know, a hundred minutes a month and that only costs like $300 and blah, blah, blah. Well, hopefully you can gauge that you're going to need a lot of minutes. You're going to need a lot of people answering and you want people who call your office to get something more than a, okay, I'll deliver the message. Bye. That sort of a thing. That's like the image of your law firm. That's why I'm really, I really highly favor having someone on staff who knows the ins and outs uh, or, or who you can train for that and that they can, they can give better information. It's a little warmer. They'll, they'll meet the person when they physically come into the office. Um, and so that being said, there are reception services which may work in the interim. It may work as a long-term solution. And there's also virtual uh, legal assistant or virtual paralegal services. Uh, one of them, Bella Legal Assistance, uh, is sort of fills our immigration law practice niche that we serve. So they're one of our sponsors. Uh, they do great work. They are trained immigration paralegals who can help with case preparation. They speak English and Spanish. Uh, they'll even, if you allow them, they will contact your clients and help do the actual casework. So you don't have to be on the phone with your clients with your precious attorney time every day because they're doing it. And they'll say, hey, the attorney's waiting on these documents. We need to get your, you need to get your signatures. We need to get this uh, passport photo, things like that. Now those can be a big advantage as well because if it's somebody who already knows your practice area, you save on training. And I can tell you from having trained a number of individuals, you're typically looking at months of training uh, before your staff member is going to be really up to speed on all the things that happen in an office. Um, and so it's helpful, it, it's helpful to have other staff to sort of supplement that who can really focus on the casework, um, even being remotely, because many things now are, are of course done remotely. So for staff, let's just quickly resume. You have options hiring someone locally who's gonna physically be in your office. You can use a virtual receptionist or paralegal service, uh, virtual legal assistance, not, I say virtual, it's really remote. They're real people. They just work remotely and can do all the same work. Um, and that can be a way to efficiently not only staff your office, but then to scale it. Because you're going to reach a point where all of a sudden you realize you need another staff member. And if you're, if you're already, if you have an established relationship with an assistant service and they say, hey, yeah, we can up your hours or we can add another assistant, that's gonna save you a lot of recruiting, hiring, training, making sure they show up that first day at work and worrying about whether they show up for the next two months as well. Um, and they can hit the ground running. So some things to consider. Processes and procedures, that's the next big topic. 
We've already talked a little bit about uh, being organized and establishing processes and procedures for your law firm. This is one of the areas which you should constantly be improving, constantly be changing it. If you find there's a better way and you need to constantly be reviewing it at the least. Um, you may find that your mail intake system due to some new technological change is ripe for tweaking or upgrade or efficiency or maybe when things get filed away maybe they should be scanned first and maybe that needs to be part of a standard procedure that you can have in a handbook or some training materials um, so you can have that standard that, that you know every piece of mail that comes in is going to get handled the right way there's a guide to it there's processes and procedures for it same thing with incoming emails uh, if you have an email account that's specifically that's like office at Betzold Law or attorney at Betzold Law for example you want processes and procedures for your staff to handle those and record them as being handled and reviewed and getting information back to the client. Um, other, there's other basic things. Like I know a lot of times clients will call and say, oh, I want to talk to the attorney. Well, maybe the attorney's in a consult or working on some important casework at the meantime. Um, you may find a better way of recording and, and transferring those messages or sending those messages to the attorney. Um, so that they can get back to the client as well. A lot of these little things are always ripe for tweaking. For example, let's talk about text messaging. This is one thing that is like an absolute must in a law firm these days um, because clients don't always have the time to answer their phone. They might be sleeping or working. Maybe they work a second or third shift uh, and it may be inconvenient for them to call you during those times if they're asleep or, or unavailable. But a text message goes right to their phone and everybody has text messaging nowadays. Uh, it shows up as a pop-up or a notification typically. Um, so it's a high probability that your clients will see it right away or as soon as they open their phone again. Whereas they don't have to log into their voicemail. They don't have to log in to their email to check. It just it pops up and it's right there. And if they can respond to it, they'll do it. So it facilitates that sort of communication with your firm. So one of our sponsors is Prima Law. Prima.law. Uh, that's the website. It's, it's uh, legal case management. It's cloud-based. It includes uh, an integration for text messaging. So the idea is right from your contact profile page, you can be sending messages to your client. They can be responding. You'll see the answers in real time. You can send them images of things. They can send you images of things. So if you say, you know what? I need a copy of your driver's license. They can click, take that photo, send it to you right away. And it's stored securely in your case management system. Uh, saves tons of time. It'll save you tons of money. Super cheap. Text messages are very inexpensive to actually use these days. Um, so we definitely recommend you do that. And since, you know, since we're talking about innovation and finding ways to do things better and cheaper, that's definitely one. People can't always pick up the phone. Um, and, and, and that is the best way to get a hold of them otherwise. So when clients come in, just make sure you're getting their cell phone number and then you can tell them, look, if something comes up, I'm going to send you a text message. That's fine. Let's, let's talk about other ways that maybe you can cut costs. So when I first started my law firm, I was right out of law school. Had a bunch of student loan debt, didn't have a lot of clients starting out. It was sort of trickling in. So um, I needed to put a sign out front 
uh, out front of my building where I was, where I had my office at the time. And I received quotes from a number of local businesses. It was like hundreds of like $250, $350, $550 for them to actually do it all for me. And this was winter time here in Michigan and the ground had frozen already, right? So if anybody, if you know anything about digging in the dirt uh, during winter time, when it's frozen, it is, a, it's tough. And I actually had to go through blacktop, uh, put in a couple of four by fours to, to build the sign that I was gonna be using. So we had to put that in cement, uh, but I had to dig, I had to chis literally chisel through two layers of blacktop before I even got to the dirt. Um, so I didn't have hundreds of dollars to pay for a sign. I needed money like to pay rent and eat. So I did have $50. So I went to the hardware store, bought a piece of weather, weather treated plywood, uh, some paint, some blue and white paint. And I was pretty creative with my printer at the time. And I figured out how to print a huge stencil of my logo and my name and my phone number. So I printed out that stencil, literally they're cutting it out of the, it wasn't cardboard even, it was like cardstock is what it was. So taped that together, got myself a stencil, started painting. Uh, and then I actually had a, you know, a sister-in-law who was here helping me paint that as well. So for like 50 bucks, instead of hundreds of bucks, we had a brand new sign. And then I still have the sign, it's just, being used as flooring in one of my sheds now. So, um, for business cards though, I recommend just don't print those, buy those, have them printed. They always look nicer. You can get like rounded corners on it. You can have it be special shapes or sizes nowadays. Um, I recommend just keeping it rectangular in shape, maybe smooth out the edges or something, but don't give somebody like a big circle that doesn't even fit in their wallet. That's just, it's just inconvenient. Um, but I can tell you, I prefer OvernightPrints.com, OvernightPrints.com. They are a good solution. They're cost effective. They're not expensive. Um, high quality. They have a lot of environmentally friendly stuff they do, like water, they call, I think they call it waterless printing. It's some process in the printers they have that eliminates waste. So that's good too. In, when it comes to advertising, getting reviews or getting better visibility online, you need to think and study critically what people will tell you. What's typically what salespeople will tell you. Um, many times, you know, when you're analyzing a service or product, a salesperson will they'll they'll try and point that out. Like, look, it's a cup of coffee a day. Look, it's a uh, it's gonna save you five hours per case, which means it's gonna save you thousands of dollars. It's gonna make you take more cases and yada, yada, yada. A couple other topics, uh, making do with less. This can come in handy when it comes to legal research, uh, a legal library. Uh, there are many times where legal research is actually included as a member benefit with your state bar organization. In fact, I believe that between Casemaker and FastCase, every state bar in the United States offers some form of free legal research. Uh, you know, when compared to some of the legacy providers, this can actually be a huge benefit because legacy providers like LexisNexis or Westlaw can be hundreds, hundreds 
of dollars per month. And they're going to say, oh, you need, everybody has to, no. Get to know your practice area, find good resources for your state, materials, um, and I mean, fast case and case maker, these are good options out there. So definitely keep those, those under your belt. Uh, so when we talk about doing more with less, you're always going to hear this word innovation, uh, find creative ways to, to, to solve the many challenges you're going to face as you're opening your law firm. I'm attorney James Betzel. Hope this has been helpful. Tune in for more.